It's all right. I'll cut all this out. I'll, I'll just cut out your parts. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, Are you going to bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys were that. Don't fail me again. I'm not sure I should actually make note of the fact that this is the future and that is real. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused now with all these timelines. It's so, it's so confusing. That so, we're just, okay, okay. Is this the present or the future? This is our future, talking to us in the past. We're talking to people in our future now. This is weird. Our present, talking to people in the future about the past. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises and film nonsense. This week is a one-shot episode where we pick a topic and choose a standalone film which isn't connected to a sequel, spin-off or prequel and hope that the other hasn't picked it and that we have chosen wisely and uniquely. This week, the random popcorn maker of film topics has popped up Christian Bale, who's currently 47 and born in Haverford West. And we will discuss two films starring Christian Bale with full spoilers. So basically, so we recorded this back in the early part of 2021 and then have done nothing with the recording. Going back to edit it, it's found uh, we found that it's kind of uh, the sound quality is not great so we're just re-recording the intro so you join us at that ben is quite worried that we have chosen the same christian bale film yeah yeah and you'll notice the sound quality we've invested in better equipment and uh we have taken painful elocution lessons so we are actually a lot more professional these days so join us on a trip back to the past when we talk about christian bale Back to the past noise. I want you. I want you to to say the name of your movie, and then I'll tell you. Well, okay, because I kind of want you to tell me. Oh Christ! Okay, okay. Well, okay. Should, we, should we say it at the same time? <laughs> okay. okay. One, two, three. The Prestige. Three ten to humor. Okay, thank God. And three ten to humor was on my list. Yeah. Well, and yeah. the prestige was on mine. Also on my list was the fighter because yeah. I haven't seen it for years, and I want because that's the only one the Oscar for. Yes, and the Big Short. Yes, and I feel I should have seen. Uh, looking at his filmography, Vice and Ford versus Ferrari slash Le Mans sixty six. I still... but I should probably watch the first sixty five. <laughs> hey. I, I still haven't seen either of those movies. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm. I'm very, very pleased that we didn't. Because I was thinking, I, I was going through. Um, Rain of Fire was on my list, okay. but I didn't really want to talk about that movie because I don't. I don't have any strong opinions on that movie other than it's not very good. Newsies, I haven't seen since I was a kid. Although it's the Newsboys on Disney Plus, I don't know when when that happened. Maybe it was an American audience because I think a lot of the titles on Disney Plus are the American title. Uh, Equilibrium was the one that, that I was, was a good film. really leading towards, but I found out I don't have that movie. Really? And it's not on Netflix or Amazon, WWE Network. It's on none of them. So I, I was, yeah, I was kind of a bit, bit annoyed about that. That's a film I'm surprised they didn't do more of. Equilibrium. Yeah. I, I don't think it did particularly well in the box no. office. I think I think the only reason, and to be fair, it was the reason that I ended up seeing it, uh, at least initially, was the fact that it, it sort of looked a bit like The Matrix. Yeah. Oh, and the other one I nearly picked was American Psycho. Ah, see, I thought that, because I've not seen American Psycho. I've read the book. 
Right, yeah. was quite disturbed by the book, so I never got around to watch the film. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll watch it for this, but then technically it's part of the franchise because yes. it was a sequel. Thank you. Right, okay, so this, this was the thing. So I don't know if any of our listener have um have uh, like if you've had the chance to listen to any of those but turns out rob's a bit of a stickler for the rules i mean and fair enough it provides a framework (laughs) yeah i know but turns out that that was the thing and i tried to get away with something that wasn't really playing by the rules who would have thought that he was choosing a film from a certain year which was the franchise, so you chose a film not released in that year that was a franchise. Wait, yeah, doesn't matter. Water under the bridge now. Which is a shame, because American Psycho is a damn, damn good movie. Um, I should check it out. But... You definitely should. It's, it's really, really good. A great choice for Christian Bale movie as well. Like, because like, his kind of thing, he, he's balancing all the time, because it is you know, such a dark comedy, he's balancing between the sort of over-the-top but also kind of scarily realistic in some aspects. Um, and you can see why he was cast as Bruce Wayne based off his performance in American Psycho. You can see that sort of yuppie yeah. type thing. You can see why they wanted that for, for the sort of public image of Bruce Wayne. So yeah, the man who was the bat, Christian Bale. Also, uh, The Machinist was one I <gasps> yes. sort of considered. That That's a... That's an unsettling movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Not also... at least for the uh, for the sort of bathroom bit. It's yeah, it's grim. It's a grim movie. I didn't really want to talk about that for however long this goes on for because it's yeah. It's... I suppose it's kind of like Requiem for a Dream, like that. and then once you see it, you're like, oh, I've seen yeah, it yeah. I've that's, that's I've fun. done that. I think I've I've reached my machinist limit. You know, um, it's it, I mean, it's it's great, but uh, yeah, it's not something you chuck on on Friday night, is it? So, Robert, would you like to go first? So I have chosen uh, 310 to Yuma, which is a Western. It's a remake of a film from the 50s, I think, also Mm -hmm. called 310 to Yuma, based on a sort of pulp novel. Uh, This one was starring Christian Bale. It was released in 2007, directed by James Mangold, who later did uh, Logan. And it centres around a rancher, played by Christian Bale, called uh, Dan Evans, who agrees to escort a captured outlaw, Ben Wade, played by Russell Crowe, to board a train to go to Yuma Prison. Cool. You right? Yeah, yeah, no, just, just, I was just going to, are you happy? Are you happy with that? Are you happy with all of that so far? The Russell Crowe bit? Okay, good. (laughs) So just to drop in with a clarification, the Russell Crowe bit, is from a sitcom called Cabin Pressure, which I then go on to explain. But as we said at the beginning, the sound really dropped out there. So it's from the sixth episode of the second series even. And I really recommend you should check it out. It's very good. Anyway, back to the podcast. Okay, so the cast stars uh, Christian Bale as Dan Evans, Russell Crowe as Ben Wade. Percy Jackson is in it um, as, <laughs> as Christian Bale's son. And Ben Foster plays uh, Russell Crowe's right-hand man, Charlie Price. Also stars Peter Fonda and Alan Tudyk. It's it's a it's a good movie. I haven't seen it for a long time. Um, I, I hadn't seen it for quite a while, but I remember enjoying it. Yeah, and, yeah. So it was an excuse. So whenever I watch a western, I think I really enjoy westerns. I should watch more westerns, and then I don't. And then every couple of years, I watch a western and think I do like a western. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's something there's something kind of endlessly entertaining about them. I mean, obviously the good ones. There are some very very bad ones, but like it. it yeah, the, the the kind of even though most of it is a Hollywood myth, 
Yes, um, yeah, because I think cowboys were mainly uh, just people who just drove cattle from one end of the country to another. Yeah. And, the, and the period they're talking about like, only lasted for, I think, like a decade or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's there's something endlessly alluring about the whole thing. I mean, hell, that's why Red Dead Redemption, mm. uh, the, the, those two games were, were so big. Um, Three. Oh, two. As if well, Red bit, Dead Revolver but... was the... <laughs> Don't try and catch me out on cowboy video games, Rob. You'll come cropper, mate. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's uh, so this one has kind of all the uh, the western tropes. Starts with the stagecoach stagecoach robbery from uh, Wade's gang, which has got a Gatling gun, uh, money. Pinkertons are involved. There's an exploding horse, which is quite cool. Not for the horse. No. Um, you've got two bad guys, um, Wade and Prince. But you've kind of Wade is like almost like a moral, some sort of like morally upstanding bad guy. So um, if I remember pursued... correctly, he, he 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 draws pictures. He does draw pictures. He's yes. he's he's actually he's actually uh, got he's he's a bad guy, but he, he's but got he, a but heart, he's heart got... of gold sort of. Yes, and he loves yes. his mum. Uh, there is a line which he says, "Even bad guys love their mamas." Before Indeed. he pushes someone off a cliff. Yes, I remember that <laughs> very clearly. Um, so yeah. yeah. So, so in the beginning bit, uh, Peter Fonda's been shot whilst trying to stop Wade and his gang, and um, Russell Crowe says, "I won't kill you, not like this." At the same time as Prince, his second in command, is robbing corpses. So, although Russell Crowe is the bad guy, there's a worse bad guy. Yes. Like so, so, so Wade is kind of. Morally redeemable, I think. Whereas Prince is just nasty, just out and out bad. Yes. Uh, Christian Bale is a desperate father, uh, or a failed ra- and a failed rancher. When you meet him, he's um, the, his barn is being set alight by bailiffs because he's not paid rent, and he's trying to support a family. He comes across, um, well, first comes across the injured Peter Fonda and takes him to Alan Tudyk, who's a vet. Wade is then captured and. The Pinkertons and sort of like uh, Alan Tudyk and Christian Bale volunteer to take him to a town called Contention to catch the three ten train to Yuma Prison. Yes, whilst they're whilst they're being pursued by uh, Wade's gang, now led by uh, Charlie Price. So as they make their way through the through the journey, one by one, the sort of the uh, entourage is picked off. Starting with um, there's a guy who keeps singing and taunting Russell Crowe, so he stabs him with a fork. Yeah, I remember that as well. See, all these things... I found that. I don't seen it for years, but watching it, I remember quite a lot of it. Not in a bad way, just I think it's just, yeah, it, it's, I guess it's a film that kind of sticks with you or is memorable. Mm. Yeah, it's funny It's funny how you're saying these things and, and just exactly how they play out is flashing through my mind. It Maybe maybe it's more memorable than I gave it credit for. I mean, I own it, so I probably will watch it. Yeah. So well, I, recommend, I, I recommend it. As they make their way to, to contention. Basically, ends with, oh, the, the, it ends with Christian Bale, his um, his son, and uh, and Russell Crowe. Uh, Russell Crowe's been showing that he's not all bad. He's sort of respectful at dinner. He's um, he, he constantly calls Christian Bale by his first name of Dan rather than by his surname or, or rancher to sort of develop that relationship. And this, um, he's almost like trying to psychologically undermine him. When they eventually get to contention, the gang catch up with him. And there's sort of about 10 minutes, which play out in real time, I think, between sort of getting to a hotel that hold up into to the uh, to the station. And I think it has oh, spoilers, but the spoilers are, the film came out in 2007. Uh, you find the reason that Christian Bale has been taking, has, has insisted on taking Russell Crowe, isn't actually to impress his son. 
uh, which is uh, kind of what you almost led to believe throughout the film. The real reason is his um, is there's been a drought at his farm, and they need to stay in, stay on the ranch because of his youngest son. Uh, I think he had tuberculosis, so he needs to stay in a sort of a drier dry climate. So they need to keep the ranch going to pay for him to stay there, otherwise he'll die. Mm. Um, so the reason isn't. Because I think the first time I watched it as well, I thought it was to impress his son, but to his older son, to sort of show that he can be a uh, sort of a hero. But it isn't; it's to provide for his younger son. And then they, when they get to, uh, when they actually get to the station, they realise that there's rain clouds over his uh, over his sort of hometown. So it was all for nothing. He could have just stayed there and would have been fine. So hearing all this. Uh, Russell Crowe agrees to get on the train and go to prison because he's escaped from Yuma prison two or three times beforehand. Um, so they shoot their way across the uh, the town, evading the gang and evading the townsfolk who have been promised uh, money if they capture, um, <coughs> if they if, if they bless you, Thank if you. they free uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's just getting on the train and Charlie Prince shoots uh, Christian Bell, um, and then it, weirdly. It's the weird thing to say. It's possibly one of my favourite deaths on screen. Is um, right. Russell Russell Crowe then sort of without speaking guns down his former gang members and including Prince for killing um, uh, for killing Christian Bale. And I was reading an Empire review of it um, just before we started this. Obviously, they don't give away the spoiler, but I think they don't actually buy that bit. They say it's like a like an unrealistic um, character change, which 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 made them wonder if like an entire scene had been cut out. Yeah, I think, I, th- I mean, if, again, I, because I haven't seen the movie recently, I'm, I'm only going off, uh, but I suppose Russell Crowe character, Wade, he, he's, he's meant to be the sort of noble savage, isn't he? The sort of, yes. the, yeah. he plays, he's, with the heart. yeah, he's got his own rules. And the, and the thing is, Charlie Prince is, is the, he's the mad dog that needs to be put down. Yeah, he's fairly, or he's completely irredeemable. Yeah. Exactly, like he's, and he, he's he's at someone alive in, in a lock stagecoach, and sort of yes, yeah, so he robs the dead and just kills people for fun. Yeah, so so you know he he's not he's not playing by any set of rules. So you know it, it's it's kind of it's right that the mad dog is put down. It's it's weird how you telling me what happened in the movie reminds me what happened in the movie, and um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do now. It's just like oh yeah, of course. But yeah, it's it, I I like that sequence. I think it's really well done. I I think it's a very well done film. Full stop. I I, I really enjoy. It. I remembered enjoying it and then watching it again. Yes, I, I I think it's a very good film. Um, it probably isn't Christian Bale's film. It's it's much more Russell Crowe's. Russell Crowe. It's much more his film. Um, but I think Bale, Bale gives quite an understated performance because I think that's what the character needs, and that means that. Russell Crowe is the sort of the dominant character. Well, funnily enough, I nearly another uh, film I picked, nearly picked, was Public Enemies, which I've always been a fan of. Christian Bale is a is a is a lawman in that. I think he works for the FBI, whatever. but that is kind of more Johnny Depp's movie. Yeah. But Christian Bale, he's he's kind of just like he's a fantastic character actor. Yes, and and so sometimes you know he he does. He does the kind of the non glamorous but still kind of awesome kind of thing, and and if I remember correctly, Three Tons of Humor, he 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 does he hasn't got any like really really like interesting kind of character traits to kind of really dig into as an actor or whatever. But he's he's just damn good because Christian no, Bale is really good. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he, his main character is he's a good man who wants to provide for his family. 
Yeah, and mm. and you know, it, if you need to get that across to an audience uh, quickly, you, you you cast someone like Christian Bale. You just want to root for him, and you know, and that's that's the kind of thing. And yeah, he plays kind of similar kind of straight laced uh, character in, in Public Enemies. But I was like, oh, do I do that one? But then you know, settled on my choice. But yeah, Three Tons Humor, I think, is a is a is a really good pick. Not just because it was on my list of <laughs> films to rewatch. Uh, so some trivia: uh, the the real town of contention is now a ghost town, and there's sort of barely anything there. I think you can visit it, but there's like some fence posts and and a cemetery. I think mm. um, Tom Cruise was originally going to play Wade, and Eric Banner was going to play the Christian Bale character. That would have been um, a very different movie. Yeah. There was a freak snowstorm before filming wrapped, and they had to shift 89 uh, trucks of soil to to, um, to sort of cover the snow and shovel it out of sight. So apparently there's like a massive wall of snow, which is out of shot of most of the, most of the scenes at the end. Wow. Um, one of my favourite pieces of trivia I ever read was, if you start watching the film at 19 minutes past one, the train comes in at, three, at 10 minutes past three. <laughs> However... <laughs> When they actually get there at 10 past 3, the train is late anyway. So, And in real time, 10 minutes pass between 3 and 10 past 3. Brilliant. In, in the film and obviously in real life. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that may be one of my favourite pieces of movie trivia in, in a that, while. That stuff always comes around around New Year's, isn't it? Like it does, watch, yeah. You know, Infinity War at a certain point, then Good. he'll snap at midnight and... Yeah, I think that there's just a lot of people who are very bored. Yeah, um, and I I'd say that with no no judgment. I'm bored often. Um, so I mean, the thing is, obviously, we kind of spoiled it, but not really because I think the film has a lot more to offer than just just you know the the kind of it's how the story goes, not where yeah. it goes. Um, and I think as a as like a, a character piece, especially for Russell Crowe's character. As a character, so it's very interesting. Um, but Christian Bell does some good understated work. I think so. Yeah, he's got some good lines. He says that he's uh, waiting for God to do him a favour, but he's not listening. Um, mm. And yeah, he, he's quite a tragic character. So, yeah. Um, that you get the sense that he's been trying to do right his whole life, but yeah, he's sort of been dealt a few bad hands. And when you, because um, when you find out that, because he, he lost his leg and you, uh, find out at the end of the films because the regiment he was a part of weren't actually that good. They were in retreats and he got, I think he got shot off by his own, someone in his own, uh, own regiment. So even though he's the best in his regiment, it wasn't a very good regiment. Mm. So, yeah. So should we move on to uh, your uh, surprise film? <laughs> well, Batman, Batman versus Wolverine. Yeah. Where they find out their, their mums have the same name. Featuring Black Widow. And Maya Hansen. And yes. And, um, Lord John Marbury from the West Wing? No, Dr. Yes. Strong. Dr. Strong. <laughs> yeah, it's Ron Perkins. He plays the uh, the hotel guy, and he's he's the one in Spider-Man uh, where he tells uh, Norman Osborn that they should take the whole line back to formula. And he's oh. like, back to formula? And then chucks him through some stuff and kills him. Oh, it's also got Gollum in it as well, and uh, well, Ulysses Clown. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 a it's a big old superhero mashup. Is what it is. Yeah, yeah. The Prestige. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I've directed heard... by Christopher Nolan. 
Oh yeah, sorry. It's a film directed by Christopher Nolan. Two thousand six. Yeah. Came out the same year as The Illusionist. Yes, yes. One of the uh, one of the, the strange sort of like battling movies, like uh, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Impact. Yeah. And um, other ones I've, that I can't think of right now. I've seen the illusion. Oh, Ants and Bugs Life. I've seen The oh, Illusionist yes. once, and The Prestige is a much better film, I think. I think so. I think when they were released, it was meant to be that the Illusionist would do better, but I think the Prestige did better. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure the Prestige was uh, not a huge hit, but it was. Uh, it was. It was definitely, definitely probably more successful. This but, was after Batman Begins, wasn't it? But before the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. This was. Uh, yeah, what two thousand six? So, so it was the kind of. It was a it was a strange time. I mean, it's funny because yours was two thousand seven. I think Christian Bale just went on a run of movies that just anything that took his fancy. Yeah, well, I guess like maybe like things to be filmed like quite far apart and then edited. Like, because I think DiCaprio says that the reason he usually has two films coming out in a year is because um, Scorsese takes so long to edit films, so he can mm. go and film another film, and then uh, it will come out at the sort of around the same time. So you have seen the Prestige. I have indeed seen the Prestige, and so yes, basically, uh, it's it's the story of two rival magicians who become obsessed with becoming the best stage magician and have a rivalry with each other that just escalates as it goes on. I mean, I'm going to have to talk about spoilers. Well, the rivalry starts because um, uh, well, well, they, they they start off as stooges for another magician. Uh, musician, sorry, magician. Ricky Jay, um, a real-life uh, magician, yes. Ricky Jay, who, yeah. who died uh, several years ago now. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it it turns out Robert Angier's wife was... Play, was the, play, oh, Robert Angier is Hugh Jackman. Yes, was the, the, the assistant, the glamorous assistant for the trick, and they there was discussion about a certain knot binding her hands, and Alfred Borden, Christian Bale, had, had argued that... Uh, if they use this other knot, it would look more convincing rather than the other one, which is kind of like a slip knot so she can get her hands out quickly and escape the water tank. Something goes wrong and the, the poor woman drowns. Thus starts Robert Angier, his, his lifelong obsession with taking Borden down and, and elevating himself up. And it's, it, it's a very, very good conceit. It's a really clever film. It is. I mean, it, the thing is, once you know the twist of the prestige, you mm. see that from the opening, it's telling you. It's like Get Out, I think, which improves on second, third watches. Yes. So it's, it's, it's a good. Sorry, it's a good film anyway. But then when you watch it again, you see how good it is. In the opening scene, when you've got you got the, all the top hats, and then you've got the, yeah. all the birds, all the canaries, and sort of talking up, talking about where's his brother for the bird and stuff. It's really clever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's so full of foreshadowing. It's really, really well done. You got Wally Fister, who's the uh, the cinematographer, working with Nolan again. So it's you know, it's a gorgeous looking movie. I love it. I I, I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you like quite why I love it because I'm not into <laughs> sort of period type stuff, but I know I do. <laughs> and I react to it. Yeah, it it's it, it becomes a, a lot of things. Like Borden is is a is very working class, and he he's he struggles for money, whereas Angier is is an aristocrat, and so he he can he can have the best things that money can buy. And it just shows. I think a lot of Nolan's work is about 
someone letting an obsession get the best of them. You know, I mean, it, even even in like Batman, uh, you know, you've got you've got that sort of obsession where everything else falls away. With Angier especially, you see what he has and then what he loses because getting back at Borden and finding out how he does his special trick um, is all that ends up mattering to him. Yeah. And he loses people he he loves and who love him because of it. Oh, wait two seconds because the dog is really scratching the <laughs> door to go out. So the trick was making her disappear. Now the real trick is ma- magic is making her come back. There are lots of kind of details that I really like. So much foreshadowing throughout it as well. Yes. Like when he's, because um, they're reading each other's diaries throughout it, aren't they? They both have <laughs> yeah. um, The bit where talking, like um, with a slip of what, well, which knot did he use? Bale says, uh, I have fought with myself, which obviously later on you find out what he means. And... Yeah, and the fact that he legitimately does not know. Yeah. I, I I don't think he does. I think it, it was it was the other one. I think. Well, I guess you, you probably have to say what the main spoiler is. Or, or, like, yeah, okay, but the the main yeah the main spoiler of the thing that that Andrew is trying to work out how uh, Borden does this transporting man trick, which is where he enters one cupboard and then appears over the stage as another uh, yeah uh, in uh, an a different cabinet. And and he he's he's he becomes obsessed. I mean, he he he's obsessed with the man anyway. But but him pulling off this trick and and finding out how it's done becomes his kind of driving force throughout the entire uh, movie. And uh, yes, the, the I suppose the reveal, the prestige itself, uh, is that Borden had a twin brother, and and they were doing it, and it was as simple as that. I mean, yeah. Michael Caine, um, who's great in this as well, but then, yes. I mean, that goes as red, doesn't it? Michael Caine being great in something. Yeah. You know, he says it's a double, but but like the movie says, that simple explanation isn't enough. It, Andrea doesn't want to see the, the it, you know, he'd see the actual process. He just, he's just mystified by the trick. Um, and he's he's convinced that there's something more to it. But and he and he spends his his fortune and much of his life trying to get to the the bottom of a very very simple trick. Well, yeah, because because there's the bit. I suppose there, there is so much foreshadowing. Is it at the beginning where he sees uh, Kristen Bell sees uh, Rebecca Hall and her nephew? Yeah, and there's you know there's the two headed coin. Yeah, like the twins, and he sort of explained to the kid that once someone knows the trick, it doesn't really, you know it's quite simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He takes the whole secrecy thing to the next level. Um, he, he's he's obsessed with keeping that secret because he believes that once people know the secret, they're done with him. Yeah, it's it's such a good thing because Christian Bale in this, Angie probably has has the more kind of things to do, the more emotional stuff to kind of do. He's he's kind of more theatrical or kind of on purpose because that's one of the problems with Borden's. Uh, magic show is that he doesn't have the showmanship. Uh, when he when he does finally get the showmanship, and he in, uh, invades Angie's stage, I think that's brilliant. Oh, um, it's great! It's it's so so good. And uh, there's too much magic for my theatre to, to contain it. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the thing. They just they just become these kind of ridiculously bitter rivals, and and the sort of the one-upmanship 
the, the tricks and, and, and how they sabotage each other and everything. It's so compelling Go, going through and, and just seeing how they're butting heads the entire time. And you, you wish because you've got other people going, you know, telling them that this isn't worth it. Just leave them be. Yeah. But they can't. And, and you know, and you've got uh, Scarlett Johansson as well as originally Angie's assistant. But, uh, but then she, she swaps sides to Borden because of Angie asks her to, <laughs> to try and steal secrets. And it's, it's just, it's, it's the collateral damage. And I think there's no real remorse from either of them over what they've done. It's just the people who got swept up along yeah. the way that they actually seem to regret. It's it's interesting how it kind of shakes out like that, and and yeah, and I, I think everyone does a fantastic job in this. Yeah, David Bowie as uh, Nikola Tesla is a masterstroke. See, there you, I reckon, there's almost another film happening because he's in a rivalry with Edison. Yes, he is. You could have the Prestige Two a side call. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously not. Poor Bowie's no longer with us, but like you, but Tesla versus Edison. And their kind of thing, because at one point Edison does send some goons to sabotage his his workshop. Yeah. yeah, Andy Circus is great as well in it. He's he's just really good, and they're all really good. This is this is the thing that I kind of and I don't know I'm repeating myself by saying so and so is really good, but they are. It's the the cast all the way down are fantastic. I feel very sorry for Rebecca Hall's character. Yeah, well, she's she's the biggest tragedy of the yeah. whole thing. That whole the because she she knows something's up, but she doesn't quite know what. Yeah. And and her interesting thing of when um, Borden tells her he loves her, she only believes it half the time because yes. because there are times where she just doesn't see that genuine love. Um, and and we find out that's because uh, his brother was the one who actually loved her. And he was the one who was in love with Scarlett Johansson's character. Um, it's, strange, it's strange. I do think um, you're saying about Hugh Jackman giving more, more to do as, as Angie or has sort of more, more emotion stuff. Christian Bell is, is playing two characters. Yeah, well, they, they are, I think, on subsequent watch uh, viewings, they are, you know, they are, one of them is almost, there's, there is almost the nice board and, and the nasty one because one of them is a bit like the one who ends up in prison. He's he's yeah. the one who basically you know, and the one who drove. ends up shouting at Rebecca Hall as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that is true. Actually, mind you, Hugh Jackman also plays a double role because uh, they does. find they find that local drunk who looks like him. Yeah, um, so basically a, a, a sort of a precursor to Logan. Yeah, well, yeah, um, he, he's the Trevor Slattery of of kind of uh, comedy drunks, and yeah, Hugh Jackman has has fun as as the drunk version of him that is actually a good point well after uh Argy has gone to uh, david bowie and or tesla and he's made a, uh, a machine that will do the transported man for real uh, borden can't work uh, can't work out how it ha- how he's doing it you know without a double how he is genuinely transporting himself across the theater there's a bit where he's sort of screaming at his ingenue yes the uh, the, the, the the trick maker the uh who, Fallon, who you do find out is Kristen Bell's twin in in makeup. Yeah, is the other Borden. They, yeah, the other Borden, and they um they keep uh, they swap every day, or every so often. Yeah, um, well, 
that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because because uh, Angier wants wants the applause. He doesn't like the fact that his his drunk doppelganger is getting the applause at the end. Is, is that's a great shot though, where he's under the stage bowing. As, uh... it, it is. It is. It, it that that really stuck with me. And yeah, and it, he he just wants all the plaudits for himself, and he doesn't like the idea. Of show. Whereas 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 Borden kind of he he's he. He doesn't need the audience adoration. Well, he yeah, he, to do he a good kind trick. of yeah. He he's more in love with the magic, and I think yeah. I think Andrew is is more in love with the showmanship. Borden is more of a practitioner of the whole thing, whereas when Andrew is kind of again, otherwise he wouldn't be so obsessed with getting the applause at the end. Well, he says it's all about the look on their, on people's faces. Yeah, and he and he can't see them behind uh, under the stage. But uh, yeah, there's there's something that really really uh, strikes me as well during. I think Julia is is the name of his departed wife. Uh, during her funeral, uh, Cutter, Michael Caine's character, the the uh, engineer, says um, that there was a man uh, on on a ship who who, who fell overboard and, and basically drowned, but but came back after like five minutes and was was resuscitated. And he said that dying was like going home. And then later on, after you realise what Angier has done. Where he's been drowning himself by, every by, night. by drowning by drowning his exact clones thanks to Tesla's machine, he said, "I lied about that. It was actually well, it's agony." Not, it's not his clone, is it? Because he goes into the machine and dies, and well, then his clone. Yeah, it's weird. What? Well, see, I, I was uh, maybe this is it. Maybe maybe this is the kind of thing. But I was I was sure I was pretty sure that the switch was made. So he was. I suppose the clone is made of this kind of thing. Well, by that point, he, it's like a copy of a copy of a copy, because he goes into the because there's a, there's a shot where he's um, asking volunteers to come on stage and inspect the machinery, and he's standing there, sort of facing the audience, but with his eyes closed, and he's basically preparing himself for fate. He's going to die. Yeah. So he go he goes into Tesla's machine, then drops into drops the into tank, the water tank, yeah, and drowns like his wife, and then a clone is created elsewhere in the uh, in the theatre. Yeah, and it, it it transfers his consciousness to that and memories, I guess that clone. Yeah, but yeah, actually, actually, that is that is true. I kind of i I don't know why I thought it was the clone that that did the dying, uh, and then the, it was the, the real first time guy. He, no, the first time he creates a clone, he kills a clone straight away. Yes, but then af- after that, it's him going in every night and killing himself to create a new clone. Yes, that's right. I can't believe I've got that really, It's really dark. Yeah, well, yeah, crazy dark. I mean, but that's the thing. There's, there seems to be a whole thing um, about kind of cruelty in this movie because, the, like, the birds just die. I mean, that's yeah. that's the whole thing. E- it, e- even at the end when um, Michael Caine is talking to... is um, sort of momentarily looking after uh, Borden's daughter. Yeah. Um, even then, he, he still kills a bird. Oh, that bird got crushed to fuck yeah it's interesting that that uh andrew doesn't want to get his hands dirty so to speak yeah uh where, whereas was borden sees that as as a necessary part uh of of the thing so they engineer a trick where the bird isn't harmed but then borden sabotages it so the the cage collapses anyway kills the bird and breaks the volunteer's fingers but by the end he has got his hands Dirty. Yeah, he's really definitely he, he's got it. Yeah, his hands couldn't be dirtier. So I guess you also find out at the end that although um, you know Borden's been 
living a secret life. So they, you know, they say at the beginning, total dedication to his art by pretending to be something he's not in being felon. Angio has also done that because he's pretending to be an American who's run away from his family when he's actually an aristocrat. That's yes, sort of a, you know, a posh English aristocrat pretending to be an American. Cadlo, Cadlo, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, it's it's such a well done movie. Yes, and... it's a very clever film, but not in a kind of overpoweringly clever. Like sometimes it, it's the films are so clever and are sort of definitely at pains to show you how clever they are. Whereas this one, I think it's you watch it back and think, yes, it is a clever film. Well, I think some people said that that Christopher Nolan trusts his audience. He doesn't mm. tend to put. He doesn't tend to kind of like give you all the answers. He kind of trusts that you'll meet him halfway because there is there are some filmmakers who just over-explain everything and whatever. And, yeah. and, and Christopher Nolan is kind of known for exposition in his movies, but again, I I think I think it's exposition done well. I think in something like Inception, where where they're talking about the thing, it's it's a it's a crazy concept, yeah. and and the fact that they managed to still dramatize that, still kind of do whatever, even just having DiCaprio explain the whole thing, it still, it still works. It's, it, you know, that's the reason why that film works for people is because people basically understand what's going on, which is a big ask for something like Inception, which has levels upon levels upon levels. And I, I think in, in this as well, I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't give you everything. No. Um, and I, I think, I think a lot of films, like I guess what they would treat as the prestige, the flourish at the end, they kind of lay it all out and go, ah, see, we had you all along, you know, and this film doesn't necessarily do that. It's a good thing. And as you said, it's, it's not overly impressed with itself. It just, it just tells a good story. Yeah. And it, it improves on rewatches for sure. Once you know the secret, it actually does improve. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cause you see just, how, you know, as we said about, Christian Bell playing two characters and like all the sort of throwaway lines of what I've thought of myself and where's his brother. Uh, there's a bit where um, Angie's wife says about him pretending to be something he's not as well. Yeah, well, she she recognises the... Uh, yeah, they, they recognise the, the, the performance. Both men are performing at, at certain points in their in their private life as well as their personal. Oh, and, and, and that scene where Borden is... Uh, drunk as hell and comes in because again pretty much every scene with Rebecca Hall is heartbreaking yeah apart from I guess the initial one uh, the initial one's the, nice the and everything cues. yeah you know but but that's that's what I mean once once they once they actually uh get married and everything it it it's always a tough watch so yeah no it's 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 very very good and if you haven't Watch the prestige. I mean, I would say if you haven't and you've listened this far, we probably have spoiled it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So don't watch. No, don't listen to this. Ignore this. What's <laughs> like, go, go back and stop listening. You've got a better memory for films than I do when it comes to certain. No, no. It just so happens that I mean, I'm sure we're going to have to edit this without. It just so happens that I watch the prestige just in case you just in case you pick three ten to humor. <laughs> So I had notes that I was just going to switch to. You motherfucker. <laughs> just in case. That's great.
That's, that's... Well, maybe we should leave this in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I was like, I'm not going to do that every time. And, you, and you, know. you know, you kind of, you corrected me on the thing because obviously you are right, it is a clone. And I was like, man, his his knowledge is encyclopedic. He is so good at this. <laughs> no. I was I, I literally watched it yesterday. Oh, you son of a... Okay, right, okay. It has meant we've had a good discussion, though. It does. But this is what I mean. I am I am flying blind when it comes to the treat to Yuma. I've probably not seen it since 2007. Um, so, you know, is this your plan all along? So you come across as the film brain box, and I'm just an idiot going, yeah, it's got cowboys or something in it. No, usually that's... Usually it happens the other round, but... <laughs> I mean, you've at least seen every film I've mentioned like, on on these one shots. I think it's rare that I've seen one you have. Yeah. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, because because that was the thing. Because I because as you were saying all these things, I was like, wow, no, it's, it's, this is really good. It, I, I thought maybe you watched it recently, but not yesterday, you son of a bitch. <laughs> In fact, I've watched it more recently. <laughs> yeah. <to> you, <laughs> I. Must admit, I was feeling outclassed in this one, Rob. <laughs> no, <I'm> not <laughs> well, not not in a bad way, but like just like I because I I could as I, as I said as you were saying the things I was like oh yeah that does happen in the movie but like I could only remember like snatches of it whereas obviously you watched the sodding thing yesterday and so you were just well, like here's the here's the thing I have seen it quite a few times and I have read the book. Yes, I suppose that does. And from what I understand, it is actually pretty different from the book. Yes, it is one of those... Uh, I mean, it's not impossible now, but because I think it does that, particularly with comics and things, it's better than the novel. Yeah, from because I was I was just reading the sort of Cliff Notes kind of version of the whole thing, the book... and she has a miscarriage. I think that's the sort of instigating... Yeah, that was quite sad. Yeah, uh, that instigating thing, and then... I think it happens it... at a seance. I, th- I think one of them is trying to disprove a seance or something. Yeah, yeah, and then, and, and then it ends basically. I think it ends with the families fighting throughout generations, and I think the book centers around the sort of the descendants of them trying well, to. It's, it's iron the granddaughters, out, I think, I think yeah, reading I think their so. respective diaries. Um, it's, so it's they, something like that. So they just take the basic concept of the, the, the dueling magicians and the transporting man being like the, the, the main trick that they're both try, like fighting for. But yeah, yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know what to do now, Rob. <laughs> I'm Why? kind of well because you've you've blown my mind. What? Because I've seen a film. No, because you watch because you watch the film and that's why we're having such. Because you were prompting me half the time, and I was like, "How is he doing this?" <laughs> uh, whereas, whereas I couldn't, I I couldn't be, I couldn't be that guy for Three Ten to Humor. Hmm. That is the thing because I was I was trying to think like what you would pick as well, and I, I guess mm. you were thinking what I would pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's why you cheated and watched two movies. I just happened to watch another film. Yeah, in a week. Maybe yeah. I just felt I had less to say, and so therefore I wanted to burn the whole thing to the ground because <laughs> I wasn't coming across as a know-it-all for once. It could just be my ego hurting a little bit. Who knows? You meant to say no at any point. Like, no, <laughs> like... Okay, so we tend to sort of try and pick who has the best example, I guess, of the topic. I would vote that you have chosen the better 
with the prestige. Probably the better film, the, yeah, with the prestige, the probably the the better, I guess, Christian Bale performance. Because Three Tender Humor, it's a good film. It's an enjoyable western. I do really like it. There are better westerns out there. Christian Bale gives Christian Bale gives a good performance, but not a not like a standout. He he's not the star of the film. It is even though he's kind of equal billing with Russell Crowe. It's very much Russell Crowe's film. Whereas I think in the Prestige, they have equal billing. Uh, Christian Bale is playing sort of two characters as the same in the same character. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, a, it's a good. It's showcase. an enjoyable film. It's a good. It's, think, it's yeah. more of a, a, a Christian Bale showcase. Um, whereas I think, yeah, he's intentionally uh, understated in Three Tenths of Humor. I think if you wanted Which to show him just film, being, yeah, exactly. If you if you wanted to show him just being a reliably great actor, Three Tenths, you could do a lot worse than Three Tenths of Humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Prestige, I think, is yeah, maybe more of a kind of like, yeah, he's he's the co-lead of this movie. Uh, this is this is what he does. I mean, as I said, American Psycho would have probably been my pick had it not yeah. been for the direct DVD sequel, uh, because because I, I think that's that's a hell of a performance right there. I think I will get that. Sh- uh, uh, I will. Uh, I do mean to check that out. The uh, American Psycho. I believe it's on Netflix. But yeah, possibly. I mean, yeah, uh, Three Cents of Humor has always been a solid thing. I mean, I own it. It's yeah. not necessarily a, a you know a, an indication of quality, but uh, but I certainly cared enough to, to kind of like get it and 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 whatever. So yeah, I re- will rewatch it as well because you're right, it is a, it's a damn solid western. Uh, but the prestige kind of gets better. I think it, it's it's one of those uh, movies. You know, Christopher Nolan, he's he's come under quite a bit of flack recently. He's still, you know, crazy loved you know, financially successful director. But I think a lot of people, there is a kind of Nolan backlash about him not being particularly good at emotions or, you know, kind of, he can be quite workmanlike and he's kind of a bit too in love with the idea of cinema and all that. And and I think yeah. there's, there's probably some truth to all of those in some way, but I think that in terms of, in terms of kind of his films, the prestige may be, Maybe one of my favorites. If I'm, I think if, so, yeah. if I'm not allowed Batman, like if if I'm discounting the Dark Knight trilogy as as a thing, I think the Prestige may be my favorite Christopher Nolan movie for for all those reasons. And it's it's always fun to talk about it because it it is such a great story. Yeah, damn good. So okay. I've won this. Rob is crushed, yeah, defeated. So. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm happy to concede. Uh, concede. Uh, defeat concede uh, victory to you, but no, it's... it's not even a victory. It's just it's just what we think collectively is the best uh, the best showcase for the topic and or actor whatever that we've that that, that we've kind of we, we work as a team at the end of this one. So there's no Rob loses, film wins, yeah, audiences win, cinema wins. Okay. That's it for this week. It is. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd. You can use the hashtag TPBP. If you're able to, it would be great if you could rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe and share. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said. The prestige. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> 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 I just, 
I needed to say something else, so I just went the prestige. <laughs> with the yeah, uh, I, I heard. I, I heard. No, I. <laughs> I was just explaining the madness behind it. It's mental. Sure. 